Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. At the Coca-Cola Company, Keurig Dr. Pepper, and PepsiCo, some of our bottles can be remade in a whole new way, using 100% recycled plastic. New bottles using no new plastic, except the caps and labels. Learn more at madetoberemade.org. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Wednesday, February 1, 2023, and this is the Bob Seska Interview on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 742 of the Biden-Harris administration, 643 days until the 24th presidential election. Find me on Instagram, the Bob Seska, Twitter, Bob Seska underscore go, spoutable. Bob Seska. That's my handle there. And our Patreon, of course, is bobseskashow.com. So we're doing something a little different today. I've invited my friends Travis Bone from the Stephanie Miller Show, funk legend Freak Bass, and the great Rick Shue from the Friends from Work podcast to talk about toxic fandom. It's especially appropriate with the big news from DC Studios about its rebooted universe. We're going to talk a little bit about that first and then get into the main topic. What causes toxic fandom online? who's behind it, and how we can best deal with it. And yes, there's definitely overlap with politics on social media and elsewhere. So stick around for this conversation. We cover a ton of ground today. So meantime, please help support this show by subscribing to our Patreon at bobseskashow.com. Okay, this is our Toxic Phantom Roundtable with Travis Bone, Freak Bass, and Rick Shue. More fun, more music, the Bob Seska Show. Molton teeny tiny tabletop. I miss him. I do. I miss Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble. You know what? The McLaughlin group is sort of patient zero for everything that's happening in politics right now. That started the pundit style that has now dominated American politics. All right. Well, before we all weigh in on James Gunn's DCU announcement, Let me catch everyone up to speed on this. I know a lot of our listeners don't really follow this as closely as we do. I don't think anyone follows this as closely as we do, quite frankly. But (laughs) James Gunn. James Gunn, I think some of us know who James Gunn is. He's the director of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies on the Marvel side. He was initially fired from Disney because of some old tweets. And then he went over to DC and started working on a soft reboot of the Suicide Squad. And that connected James Gunn with the DC Universe. Since then, and because of the success of the Suicide Squad and the subsequent TV series, which I fucking love, Peacemaker, James Gunn was hired by WB to take over DC Studios. And so he teamed up with Peter Safran, who's produced a bunch of the DC properties, including, I think, Peacemaker. And they have decided to do 
what I consider to be more or less a full reboot of the DC universe of movies after DC's hit or miss attempt to compete with Marvel for many, many years, starting with Man of Steel. So Warner Brothers brought in Gunn and Saffron to head DC Studios, and their first assignment was to fix this goddamn universe, which... You know, to, to be honest, there were some mega hits in there, some things that really broke some new ground, and there were some things that, as far as I'm concerned, fell flat. It was a, a mixed bag of shows. And yesterday, uh, Gunn announced the initial slate of movies, live-action TV shows, and animated projects, all of which will connect to one universe that apparently bounces around in time, sort of like the Star Wars and Star Trek universes, which, by the way, I want to say in our thread, our conversation on Twitter, me, Rick, and Freak, I predicted that that would happen, like, I don't know, a week or two ago. I said, you know what? I think James Gunn's going to... Yeah, he's going to do like a Star Wars universe where it jumps around in time. There's not one continuous narrative from project to project to project. So anyway, here's the plan according to Deadline.com. This is the series of uh, shows and movies that will be rolled out. I'm just going to run through these real quick in a very cursory way, and then we'll go around and we'll talk about our favorites and our least favorites and what we expect and so on. So first thing is probably the thing I'm anticipating the least, and that is Creature Commandos. It's an animated (laughs) TV series. I have a bias with animation. I ran an animation studio for many, many years. I've produced and personally animated so many uh, cartoon shorts over the years that when I just think about animation, I get a little barfy. It's just like, it's one of those things where if I watch it, it's like being in porn for years. I imagine people who have been in porn for years, once they're done with porn, they never want to see another goddamn porn as long as they live. I'm kind of that way with animation. I've been able to wrap my head around uh, the animated series on Disney Plus, uh, The Bad Batch, uh, which is in the Star Wars universe, but it's... To me, I, I can only go so far because all I do is sit and I look for the mistakes. <laughs> That's just the way my brain works. So Creature Commandos. I don't know anything about these characters. It's a band of misfits introduced in Weird War Tales number 93 created by J.M. DeMatisse and Pat Broderick. Travis, do you know anything about Creature Commandos? Just what I read yesterday, and it's they're basically taking like the, the original like creature feature pantheon there's like there's frankenstein there's oh, yeah. the werewolf there's dracula interesting it's like they're they're taking all of them and making them into like an anti-hero squad and i think weasel from the suicide squad is going to be part of that show in an animated form sense. and then the thing that's going to happen is animated characters could cross over and make appearances in live action with the voice actors also playing the same character, but in live action. That makes sense. That's happened a few times with Star Wars, like with, uh, uh, what's her name playing, uh, Bo-Katan. Oh, shoot, I'm blanking on the name. Anyone, anyone who plays Bo-Katan, please help. Uh, Uh, Rosario Dawson. No, no, she plays Ahsoka. I I don't know, but I do find it really fascinating that he put a lot of emphasis, well, not a lot of emphasis, but he put emphasis on that, that he wants the same actors to do that, so there's a continuity thing. Katie Sackhoff. God, I hate that. There you go. Thanks, I'm old. And I, I think I think uh, Creature Commandos, I don't know that much about it either, but I think 
that being that's going to be the first release too. It sounds like it's already in production and it's on its way. And I think with with James Gunn, for him, it's a little bit of a branding thing with him, you know, because he's always, you know, that's kind of his brand, like you know, going to Guardians of the Galaxy, where like no one knew who Guardians of the Galaxy were until he came along. Yeah, and he he kind of as opposed to coming right out of the gate with Superman, which everybody knows. Like I think it was kind of like, okay, this is my James Gunn. I I always kind of veer left of center in terms of the the characters I choose first and then we'll go to the mainstream things that you expect. That's 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 my opinion on it. Well, there's also Waller. I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be an HBO Max series and it's kind yep. of a spin-off of Peacemaker and in fact the Peacemaker characters and this answers a big question what happens to the Peacemaker characters. Well, they're going to first appear in this series Waller, which will center around Amanda Waller who's played by Viola Davis. I mean, it's a no-brainer that if she's willing to come back as Amanda Waller and be part of this universe, it's like, well, yes, of course. We want Oscar nominees to be part of all of this. And that's one of the things I'm excited about, too, is I think there's the possibility, especially with the DC Elseworlds titles, these are all movies that will appear outside the main continuity of the DCU. That'll be the, the Joker movies, the Batman movies with Robert Pattinson, those are kind of like, I imagine them as being sort of prestige movies. Movies that will probably do very well at the box office, but which will also receive lots of award nominations. Now, launching off the entire thing cinematically will be Superman Legacy, which is being written or has been written by James Gunn. Peter Safran said that uh, he'd love it if James Gunn actually directed the thing too, but there's no director necessarily attached to this. This will not be Henry Cavill. This will be a new actor playing Superman, a younger actor. And we're going to get into one of those actors when we switch over to talking about toxic fandom later in the show. Plus, I think it's going to be PG-13. But at the same time, Superman is going to be very... I. I don't want to say this sounds cliche. Revish, I, I think it's going to be a little bit more of truth, justice in the American way, like radical optimism, radical empathy, things like that. You know, he just doesn't want to hurt anybody or anything. And I think that's, that uh, will, James, yeah, should please general audiences quite well. What were you going to say? I say that's what uh, James Gunn was. That was one of the pieces I latched onto yesterday was they said that the Superman legacy is not going to be an origin story for Superman. Yeah. It's going to start with him as an established character. Right. And they're going to be juxtaposing his like idealism about the world. You know, it feels like very Captain America, if you ask me. Yeah. And Travis, one of the things too that stood out as he, you know, it's, it's in writing, in fact, that it's this juxtaposition of his Kryptonian life and how he sort of reconciles what's happening on earth. Yeah. And I was talking to a friend this morning and we said, well, you know, that's been explored before even a little bit in the, re in, in the Chris Reed films, if you really think about it. And certainly in Zack Snyder. Snyder's movies. Yeah. True. hundred percent. Just like in Batman 89 and the dark Knight and Batman begins those, those three films very specifically, we saw a detective Batman, but nothing like what we got in the Batman. I mean, the, it was, completely on a whole nother level. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident. That's probably a pretty decent analogy of what we're going to get with the Superman that we're going to really peel back that onion of his, of his, um, his turmoil or, or, or internal struggle of, of yeah. being an earthling and being Kryptonian. Right. And so I'm all for that. And, and I think that, if you watch Guardians of the Galaxy, not to get off on this, Bob, I'm sorry, I'll just say this real fast that's fine. Yeah. and the humor and heart, that gun can put into films like this. 
he does that with Superman, mm-hmm. he could have a home run. He could have a home run on his hands. The uh, next project is going to be on HBO Max. This is pretty exciting. This is a Green Lantern series called Lanterns. And what they're doing is they're taking two of the main uh, lanterns, Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart, and they're teaming them up for a true detective style crime drama, so to speak. It's going to take place on Precinct Earth. This is really exciting to me. Uh, I love this take on it, although... I hope they don't lean too much on the references to True Detective because that may skew expectations. It's like with the the other project, Paradise Lost, which takes place on Themyscira, which is the uh, island where Wonder Woman comes from. They're talking about this as being a Games of Thrones-ish kind of story centered around the Amazonians prior to the existence of Wonder Woman. So that's my biggest question mark in the batch here as to whether or not this can even work when you remove from the storytelling the main hook for Thermoscira and and this entire universe of characters that live on this island. So, the, I, you know, I'm excited for it, but I wonder, too, if leaning on these references like True Detective and Game of Thrones might be distracting or might, you know, kind of set expectations on the wrong track. Uh, also, there's a, a show called The Authority. Another one, I don't know anything about these characters there was um they just did a run of superman called uh in the superman comic books called superman the authority yeah and it was kind of bringing in um just wildstorm was like this offshoot title line that started back in the 90s that uh dc ended up acquiring mm-hmm. and there's a jim lee's um project back in the day and i know that apollo and midnighter are a gay couple that are a part of it Interesting. And there's, I can't remember who else is in, in the, in the most recent run, it was Manchester black, who I believe is just a, that's a run of the middle DC villain. It's not, he's not someone that they brought in from the Wildstorm side. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's, it's like anti-heroes. It's like the darker, more violent. It'd be almost like the Watchmen, you know, version of heroes. Yeah. And one thing to mention here too, that a lot of the comic creators and writers are involved in this group of what Gunn is calling the architects of at least this first chapter of the DCU, which is another thing that I love about this. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I love that James Gunn is driving this new universe based on creatives, based on writers, and not necessarily studio executives and what's going to be the biggest box office projection, what's going to be the tent pole, etc. It's driven around what kind of great screenplays, what kind of great stories can we tell? And that brings us uh, to the one I'm, I'm most excited about, quite honestly. I don't think anyone's uh, going to be surprised when I say the brave and the bold is the thing that I can't wait for. This is the DCU's new Batman, and it's going to involve Damian Wayne, uh, Bruce Wayne's psychotic son. (laughs) Gunn describes him as a little son of a bitch because he is fucking psychotic. (laughs) Primarily, it's going to be Batman trying to rein in this uh, new Robin, but that's going to be really exciting to see almost like a Batman versus Robin kind of setup. Plus this is going to involve the whole bat universe, which, uh, I'm sure Travis, you're excited for Nightwing probably going to be in this. I mean, we could have Nightwing, we could have, uh, Jason Todd. We could have, yeah. um, uh, Tim Drake. I, I, I think it's weird to jump directly to, to Damian Wayne as Robin for me that's just like one of those things it's like they've they've not they've teased all the stuff like in the um Justice League they teased that um Jason Todd was dead because there was a reference to the Joker killing one of the Robins yeah yeah well but um it it seems like a deep end to jump us into 
I always love the notion of dropping an audience into a story that's kind of already underway. It's the Star Wars mentality. Suddenly we're in the middle of this galactic civil war and we're getting caught up to speed. We didn't necessarily need to see the origins of it until 1999, but we're just plunked down in the middle of this massive galaxy-wide conflict. And so maybe this will have that same vibe. Uh, there's also a few more uh, properties here. There's a, a Booster Gold, which I don't know anything about. That's going to be an HBO Max TV series about an imposter syndrome uh, sort of superhero who's kind of a loser but also a time traveler. Then there's going to be Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, based on Tom King's comic book series. And then Swamp Thing... They're going to try again with Swamp Thing, and I love this character. I don't know what's, I don't know what causes it to not resonate very well when it comes to visual medium. I mean, I'm talking about movies and, and TV shows, but uh, it's had a, a hit or miss past. Yeah, I think, Bob, not to interrupt you, Bob, I don't know if you guys saw this tweet this morning, but um, uh, James Mangold yeah. posted a big thing, like very hinting that either he wants to or there's talks of him being the director of Swamp Thing. Now, if anybody can turn the franchise around between, you know, Walk the Line, Logan, and the new Indiana Jones, <laughs> I love James Mangold. I mean, Logan's probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite, superhero movies. And uh, especially with that kind of tone, if you think of the Logan tone mixed with the Swamp Thing uh, vibe, it could be really special with him behind the wheel. The only thing that's unclear as to whether or not this is going to be uh, an Elseworlds story or if this is is going to be part of the DCU continuity. Right. I was going to say, they said that part of this, this opening uh, run, James Gunn said the overall theme for this is going to be gods and monsters. Yes. So, you know, that, that Swamp Thing does lead towards that. And also the, the, um, the Creature Squad does that too. But, um, but Swamp Thing's like a, that's, he, they've been using him a lot in the mainline DC to kind of like bridge over into like the Justice League Dark and the more, yeah. magical side of the universe so that it, it makes sense for him to include that in there if he wants to expand this world was he ever a member of the justice league he's think... in justice league dark now okay but gotcha. that's the magical side of things like with constantine and wonder woman and zatanna god what and... if what if they get guillermo del toro to work on swamp thing that'd be an outstanding yeah. combination i think yeah. He, he's just at that level as far as outcasts and weirdos and monsters. And uh, I would love to see that. So, Travis, there's apparently one title they left out of the announcement, apparently because it had revealed too much. Do you have any guesses as to what that might be? Or what, they, I, did, I didn't even know if there was a title that they left out. This came down today, I think, that there was one that would have, just by naming what it is, would have blown their wad way too early. I, I have some guesses, but yeah. I'm trying to think who else could be in the mix here. Um, you know, cause I like, I love, I love the lanterns where they're putting the lanterns at. Um, but I don't know what, well, here's, unless it's a Wally, it was, it, a Wally it, it, West movie replacing um, Ezra Miller as Barry Allen, the flash. It was Jeff Snyder who said that. I'm so sorry. Remind me again who Jeff is. Was he? He used to be with Collider, right? Uh, uh, who Jeff? Good question. Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah, recognize and, him. And I, and I meant to look that up before the show. I'm so sorry, Jeff Snyder. There he is. I got his Twitter pulled up. Ankler editor below the line. 
I think he used to be an old school uh, collider guy. Anyway, he's he's pretty legit, and apparently he was there, and he's the one who said, "Hey, actually, there's a big announcement. They just couldn't say it." So, uh, I, I trust he doesn't usually just make bullshit up like that. And, uh, they could do something like the new gods, like yeah. uh, um, the, the counter to Dark Side and Apocalypse, which we kind of got in the um, in the Justice League movie. Right. Well, I, what, what's what's fascinating is that you have Batman and Superman, who are the most um, you know marquee characters still to date. And interesting that there was something they couldn't say to give it away. And I'm just thinking, who, who the fuck would that be? And what, you know, you know what I mean? Like having a new live action Batman, yeah. that's that when, when we have the Matt Reeves Batman simultaneously, that's kind of, that's a big fucking deal. And I had some, I'll, I have some thoughts on that if I can share later, but yeah. I, I'm just wondering what could this be? And, and Bob, you had messaged us. Uh, what, what did you say? Kingdom Come? Yeah, right? I said Kingdom Come. I got yeah, I've got two guesses, and maybe this could uh, jar some ideas loose here. Um, bring bring Brandon Ralph back. I'm down. Yeah, Kingdom Come, and I I think eventually we could see Henry Cavill, Gal Gadot, and Ben Affleck back as their original Snyderverse characters in some sort of Kingdom Come movie. That's always a possibility. That's a separate line of discussion, though, that I want to get to here in a second. But it worked in Spider-Man. Yeah, it absolutely did. And well, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. So Justice League, I think it's another Justice League movie by just revealing the name Justice League as being a project they're working on. That would reveal that all of these characters are going to join up in some sort of tentpole at the end of chapter one or whatever it is. And that may have revealed too much. Uh, Kingdom Come was my other guess, because obviously you say Kingdom Come, we all think immediately of the Alex Ross artwork and, you know, an older Batman, an older Superman, older Wonder Woman, and, you know, the, the plot line that goes along with that. Although I'm leaning more toward a Justice League movie, and one of the reasons why I don't think they revealed it yesterday, if it is in fact this, is they didn't want to torture the Snyder fans too much. I think that I think they knew that the Snyder toxic fans would go bananas irrespective of what they said. And so I don't think they wanted to stoke that fire necessarily. That's just my guess. I'm probably overthinking it. It's probably something even uh, more simple than that. But uh, Freak, do you have any guesses on that front? I, I'm 100% with you on the Justice League thing, and I think, I mean, you nailed it. I mean, that's the exact reason. I would say, you know, partially, you know, setting Twitter, ma making it melt, and um, also um, the idea of just giving too much away, like, like about, oh, Superman and Batman and who's going to be in the Justice League, and it would just kind of sway the conversation to a place that it, they weren't ready to go yet, I think, yeah, like yeah. you said, so. So, Travis, what are you most excited about and least excited about? I know you kind of hinted to me uh, off the air when I was on with uh, Stephanie and you guys this morning, but uh, talk about the thing that you're most excited about on this list. I have some guesses, but and also the thing that you're least excited about. Uh, so the two that I'm probably the most excited about are the Superman, obviously. I look forward to seeing how they handle that because I want to I see them get that character um, right for me. Yeah, yeah, and um, and then the Lantern series it sounds like a home run to me. The um, there was a a run a couple of years ago, um, where they did like Green Lantern season one, season two, and it was like a season long, like a twelve issue run of the comics, and it was a one long mystery where they're like going from Earth to another planet to another planet, following leads, and it all brings them back to um, solving a, a murder here on Earth. Wow! So 
like the 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 green land the lanterns one just makes such perfect sense because and they've said it's going to be big and it's a great way to do a tour of the dc universe with these lanterns visiting planets and you know introducing other side characters or species and stuff so the lanterns thing to me just sounds like a great way of doing that yeah Um, and along those lines i love this idea mainly because it doesn't necessarily suggest that there's going to be some sort of third act uh, boss to fight you know which is one of the dumbest things in black adam the villain character who was just it was just like Satan or something, wasn't it? <laughs> just like they landed on the devil as the, you, you the made third it to the third act of Black Adam, Bob. Yep. So I'm proud of you. <laughs> well, I skipped over a lot of act two <laughs> to get I to fast forwarded through a lot of act, act three. So I'm like, I don't need yeah. to see him beat him up. <laughs> <laughs> but and so obviously, this is something that is has become sort of a trope in all of these projects. And so with this one in particular, with the Green Lantern's true detective style thing, uh, that's driven by a whodunit. And I I love that, an investigation. Like, obviously, there's going to be some villain who's perpetrated whatever crime they're investigating. But maybe it's not like a nine-foot-tall monster that they have to fight with some sort of blue laser shooting up into the clouds. That would be (laughs) amazing. So uh, what about you, Freak? What are you most excited about, least excited about? The Batman stuff, Um, you know, uh, I mean, I think we're all like, at least I know you, me and Rick um, are, you know, fanatical Batman people. Mm -hmm. And um, the whole uh, the Damon Wayne thing with the Robin thing sounds so exciting. And and it feels like they're going to obviously to both with having two Batmans happen simultaneously, they're going to, I always like my Batman a little bit older and a little bit jaded. Um, (laughs) I mean, I love, I love, believe me, I love Batman Begins, you know, with Bale. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. And then, Mm -hmm. um, and even the, you know, the Batman, I love the, you know, that treatment too as well. But, you know, there's something about, I mean, that scene in, um, I think it was in Batman. Yeah, it wasn't Justice League. It was, it was Batman versus Superman with, uh, Affleck on the edge of the bed with the with the the wine. It looked like pills sitting oh, yeah, on the side like, of the bed and yep. just looking wrecked. You know, that's that's my Batman. You know, yeah, and I yeah. f- and I feel that they've got to make him a little bit, at least a little bit older if he's got a grown kid. You mm-hmm. know, depending on how old they make Damon Wayne. Now, my question for you all, real quick, anybody is, are they going to keep? How old is Damon in the comics? Is he what, like 13, 14 ish, right? Like, he's a, he's, a, I mean, he's a teenager. He's a, he's a kid, kid, right? Yeah. So, what you think they will do, you know, that's always been the thing they've always been with the movies afraid to do. It seems like they're afraid to, because of, you know, thinking of some kind of child abuse thing or something. I'm not sure, oh, yeah. but it seems like they're always afraid to make Robin too young. They always want to make him like, 18 or 19 or 19 or 20 so he's at least legal age i mean i would love to see if there's a way they're able to do it to actually make him like a kid kid Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i think that's maybe the catalyst for this decision because now you can Mm -hmm. you have a kid that was trained by ninjas (laughs) to assassins (laughs) to murder and i think that gives a lot of uh of flexibility where that's concerned but freak and not to get off on a on a thing here, but it, but to tie this in, the million dollar question for me about the Robin component is: is Matt Reeves going to have a Robin in a definitive trilogy? I would mm. like to think he would. Even Nolan was able to incorporate a Robin character, you know, with John Blake. Yeah. But I obviously we can't do that again. So uh, that's what I'm going back and forth. Maybe Matt Reeves has you know a, a dick 
you know, Dick Grayson origin story and has that going on. And then, then, and then, and, and the uh, Reeves DCU Batman, maybe, maybe Nightwing is there and, and to Travis's point or his concerns, maybe his presence can kind of tie into the history where we can, we can drop in the middle of it and still have an idea of what came before it. Or maybe that Dick Grayson is even Batman in some ways, like he is in some of the comics with Damien. There's a lot of things that are up in the air right now. I think the million dollar question for me is we know we're going to have that Robin. Does Matt Reeves do a Robin? And if so, they probably had conversations about this very thing. And so I think that's their loophole. Then we'll see what Matt Reeves does, if he has a Robin or not. It is exciting, nevertheless. I mean, the, the fact that we're having this conversation about these live-action Robins yeah. one's def- and one's definitive, we have them. It's really cool. Mm. I mean, it just is. And and in the I mean, Rick, you might know this more than anybody. Uh, in the Brave and the Bold, is Batman older in that? I mean, he's he's definitely more seasoned in the Brave and the Bold, right? He's not he's not like young, you know early 30s batman right i'm assuming right yeah so the last time i read it was years ago right before i wrote, wrote an article about having robin in live action and i called ryan haas yesterday for those that knew robin yep. to kind of get a refresher on because he was the one who put it in my lap to read to uh educate myself a little better so i could write that up as best as i could mm-hmm. it's been a while but yeah i believe so and but i i i think the 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 the, the million dollar question obviously is where where are the two Batmans? Because they have to take that in consideration. In this case, he's obviously older because A, he has a son. B, Nightwing, you know, Dick Grayson at least existed. Now, did Tim Drake and Jason Todd in this right. particular universe? I don't know. Batmite. But he's a, I, think, I think Batmite's going to exist in this too. I think that's something yeah, I mean, that James Gunn loves. Yeah, there has to be a Batmite. He's probably yeah, yeah. the age of Affleck, if I had to guess. Maybe okay. late 30s, early 40s. Right, that's, right, that's, right. That's, that's my guess, yeah. yeah. At some point, Dick Grayson becomes Batman. Am I wrong on that? Did I just completely yeah. screw that up? No, no, no. He he actually is, and 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 Brave and the Bold. I can't remember if he's Batman the whole time. Okay, but it's and it's not just that. There's other there's other books as well. I'm trying to pull something up real quick, but I won't hold up your. Yeah, show I do know he he stood in for Batman at times. Uh huh. He absolutely has. I mean, there's 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 great. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to find what the book was against. I'm I'm going blank, but there's this great clip. This <laughs> is where. You know, Gordon turns around and Batman's still standing there because it's Dick Grayson. He's like, I've got to get used to this because you're still standing here. And, and real, real quick while we're on the Batman thing, and I, and I don't mean to hold the show, but like the I know he didn't give the only definitive date we got was Superman coming out in July of 2025. Did um, yeah, did from him him talking yesterday? I mean, are we are the, this Batman and the Pattinson Batman going to be coexisting, or are they going to wait until Reeves' things is totally done before they even launch this? Or do you have any know? I here's I, what here's what I think. Uh, obviously, the Batman Two is coming out in 2025, the same year that the Superman Legacy right. movie comes out. I think, and this is just a wild guess, I think they're going to let Matt Reeves finish his trilogy before they roll out the Brave and the Bold. They're certainly not going to put the Brave and the Bold in the same year that the Batman 2 or the Batman 3 comes out. I think there's going to be plenty of separation between those two things because already there's brand confusion between Marvel and DC. Just general audiences, not fully understanding which universe they may be stumbling into. So to mitigate as much of that as possible, I think they're going to keep the Batman projects 
as separate as they possibly can, given that there's, you know, it could take some time to get Batman 2 up and running and the Batman 3, provided it turns out to be a trilogy, which I've no doubt that it, it might be. So um, that, I think, is is going to be determinative in, in terms of what the rollout schedule is for these things. Absolutely. And, hey, it's it's uh, The Black Mirror by Scott Snyder was the book I was thinking of. Okay. Um, yeah, but anyway, but to that to that point or that question, freak, think about it like this: We're about to have Michael Keaton as Batman on screen, yeah, you know, running simultaneously with uh, with, with Matt Reeves' Batman, and that that film, according to Gunn, is the film that will quote reset the DCU. So obviously, with Michael Keaton, the plans for him to have more of an expansive role, I think, is probably I think this is a one and done. Obviously, with Batgirl canceled and and the Brave and Bold announcement. But and that's OK, as long as we get one more movie with him in and I'm good. But I think that kind of answers our question that if they're doing that now, then that sort of that other DCU Batman just sort of becomes Michael Keaton's Batman anyway. Mm-hmm. So they're already doing right. it. Interesting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you so we've got when does Batman come out? October 2025, right? Correct. Yeah. No brave and bold announcement for dates, though, right? That I missed. Not yet. Not no. yet. Okay, got it. No. Yeah. No. Here's the thing with Batman, and this is something I don't know what this says about me, but I'm just obsessed with the super suits. If they nail the super suit, I'm usually 100% on board. If they screw up the super suit, I get a little, well, let's see. Let's wait and see what happens here. I want to see the gray. I want to see the blue. I want to see the yellow. I want to see the you know, the fabric Batman suit. And I, I think with the technology, and I've seen a lot of amazing cosplay along these lines. They can do something like that and get away with it. It's just a matter of the of going with the right design. And if they nail the right design for the Batsuit and the Brave and the Bold, I'm there. I'm so there. And it's got, obviously, some amazing source material as far as the Robin suit as well. If they can get as close as possible to that, and I have no reason to doubt James Gunn, especially if he's polling people about trunks or no trunks uh, on Superman, I have no doubt that uh, James Gunn will steer his directors and costume designers toward something that's more comic accurate for all of these suits. I mean, look at Peacemaker, for God's sake. I mean, talk about a weird suit to put into live action, but it absolutely works. I mean, John Cena owns it, of course, and it didn't hurt that he would appear on, you know, the tonight show and Jimmy Kimmel and so on. And Stephen Colbert wearing that suit and the helmet and everything like that. So that's what I'm most excited about. I have a lot of confidence in James Gunn to be able to uh, deliver on just the overall look of these characters, because when it comes down to a team up, let's say a justice league movie somewhere in the future, the lineup of especially the the Trinity, but the overall Justice League look, I think depends so much on seeing those classic colors contrasted against each other, where, you know, the blue of Superman's costume kind of matches the blue of Batman's cape, and the, the red in Superman's cape matches the red in Wonder Woman's uh, a, a bodice or whatever that, the shirt part of Wonder Woman's costume. Um that's just, I don't know. Is, is it me? Am I making that too important of a thing? It seems like these characters are so dependent on that visual branding. You know what I mean? Uh, Freak, you're a costume guy. Like, oh, and so is Travis. Travis is also a big cosplayer. What do you guys think of that? Are, are you anticipating something that's more comic accurate? Or would you rather see maybe a new take on these costumes? 
Well, quickly, I would say is, um, you know, you guys all saw the the tweet I got so excited about and mm -hmm. just got retweeted a million times is uh, I had retweeted uh, Alex Ross had done this amazing photo of Batman. Yeah. Classics, everything you're talking about, Bob, your favorite Batman, yellow oval, the colors, everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was just saying how I'd love to see James Gunn and I tagged James Gunn, like make this as a, a template for his Batman. And then he liked the tweet and everybody was you know, it was a couple days ago. <laughs> so that's, that was a good, hopefully that's a good indication, at least what he's thinking, you know, if, if, you know, the Alex Ross side of things in, in regards to what you're talking about and go ahead, Travis, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to jump in, jump in front oh, of you. Yeah. No, no, I was going to go look at the tweet just so I could see the picture that you were talking about tweeting. Um, <laughs> it's a beauty, isn't you know, it? Yeah. I told you what you're saying, Bob, about the costume. And it's like that, that we've gotten to the point where it's just like, this feels like this, like rubber, rubber, heavier, heavier, heavier. Yeah. Can't move in an outfit anymore. And it al yeah. it almost limits their ability to act in that yeah. outfit. Um, yeah. It hasn't been as bad. I don't think for like Superman or Wonder Woman, but yeah, getting back to like more of the classic Batman. I don't, I don't have to see, like you said, the, the blue, I don't mind him going with the gray. Like I, you know, I go back to like the Batman animated series from like the nineties, mm -hmm. which was such a great rendition of him too. Yeah. Um. So I don't mind it being, you know the black and the gray because you know he is the character at night but um but i, I get right. i get what you're saying as far as wanting the blue and the gold and everything back well yeah. bob you've been saying you've been saying this since i've known you by the way so you are any, <laughs> you are definitely consistent my friend yeah if i if i may I, if i may I'll, I'll say this is that obviously with a uh even quasi grounded live action it's a little probably difficult to pull that often to be believable that this get this man is the batman and he's not even protected with armor but that's if you're grounded in the Matt mm -hmm. Reeves sense, the Nolan sense. I think one way to really have, you know, distinguish visually uh, the two Batmans that I think will just naturally coexist is maybe something like that, right? Matt Reeves can't pull that off in that universe. It wouldn't make sense. I don't think it wouldn't work, but this could work. Why the hell not? Yeah. And so, right, right. So maybe we'll get both and then everybody wins and I'm all for it. I love the heightened fantasy version of Batman. I mean, obviously, I'm really into the Christopher Nolan trilogy, but I generally prefer the heightened reality Batman over something that's uh, a little bit more grounded. And again, that's not to say I don't like grounded Batman. I do. But one thing they can do now more than ever is they can do a CG cape and cowl. They can do the entire one unit cape and cowl thing like we see in the comics where the actor will be able to turn their heads and have full mobility, but it'll still be that one piece that they've been working toward <laughs> at Warner Brothers since 1989, and they just can't break out of uh, the silicon, or in some cases, latex, rubber, foam, rubber, Batman cowls that give very little mobility to the actor inside the suit. So I'm, I'm, you know, I've got my fingers crossed for James Gunn to see if he can deliver that comic accurate Batman suit to the screen. Obviously, if it doesn't happen, I'm not going to go onto my Twitter feed or Spoutable or whatever and start screaming about how awful it is. And that <laughs> that takes us to the next topic. Well, actually, you know what? Real quick. Freak, what did you think of Gunn's remarks about The Flash? Speaking of the old school rubber Batman suits, because Michael Keaton's going to be in this. It was kind of hidden in the rollout, but Gunn said that The Flash 
might be the best superhero movie he's ever seen. Was he being just a pitch man for this, a studio team player, or do you think he was sincere about all that freak? I mean, I'm sure you guys are reading and hearing all the same stuff I am. It's every circle, it seems like, people that have seen any advanced copy of the Flash movie. I mean, when's the last time Warner Brothers has, you know, they're doing this huge ad buy on the Super Bowl for, like, the Flash. That's where they're debuting the trailer. So yeah, I don't yeah. think they're just doing that. That's not just a branding thing. There's they've, they've obviously got a lot of belief in that movie. So, and the fact also that I thought I was kind of surprised with those comments, he kind of, like, not directly, but loosely, and you, you alluded to it earlier in the show, but how it is going to be kind of tied into his upcoming universe, you know? So yeah. hopefully that'll, you know, we'll see. Of course, it probably won't, but maybe appease some of the Snyder camp folks a little bit. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Well, it sure sounds like they've tweaked the ending of it to make it more of this transition friendly because yes. there's been a lot of things cut and cameos yeah, cut. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. the thing with The Flash. It sounds like Gunn's DCU will be narratively connected to the Snyderverse. And when I say Snyderverse, I mean all of the DCEU movies that have appeared so far and, and TV right. shows. But the fact that uh, the new DCU, James Gunn's DCU, is emerging out of The Flash, indicates that you can kind of draw a continuity from Man of Steel on through The Flash and then transitioning over to James Gunn. And that's why I said it's not a full reboot. I don't even know that it's a soft reboot. It's some strange new form of reboot where they're starting over again but they're relying on the previous regime and the previous continuity to transition over. I mean, he could, James Gunn could just pull the plug and say, okay, after Aquaman 2, that continuity ends and that is self-contained and then this new thing is self-contained. Instead, he's kind of transitioning over. So there's definitely um, at least a nod to what has come before. Am I reading that right, Rick? Is that... Uh, do you kind of see it the same way? I, I 100% agree. And I think the premise of The Flash, where they're fucking with a timeline, is a gift to this whole transition anyway. Because now yeah. he can use that and play with that to transition. You talk about soft reboots. When I think soft reboot, I think Joel Schumacher, Batman Forever. Technically in the in the Tim Burton universe, but not. Some 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 crossover actors, but, you know, the you know, you know what I mean? It's all kind of tied together, but yeah. tonally very different, visually very different, a different Batman, different car, etc. I, I don't even think it's like that. I think it is quite literally a new universe based on what happens, what transpires in the Flash, and then it is able to justify using people like Amanda Waller, right? The yeah, same yeah. cast members and, and Peacemaker and things like that, things that really worked. And one thing we haven't mentioned is it doesn't sound like Jason Momoa is going anywhere. Oh right, yeah, right. <laughs> right. I so, think it's, yeah, they're right? talking I about mean, a, a full trilogy for Aquaman. They're talking about a third correct. movie. Yeah, correct. So we'll. <laughs> I think there's a lot of unanswered questions, but here's the one thing I'll say too, and I hope this doesn't sound negative. It's not at all. I have a lot of faith in this. With that said, Superman has to work. Yeah, that that has to work. If that falls flat, all of this could kind of go away. Anyway. <laughs> I know. You know, I mean, it's sadly, yeah. that's just business. As you guys yeah. know, that's what happened with the Snyder stuff when B versus S was divisive. And then, you know, we know the history, not to get into mm -hmm. all that. So 
cross our fingers. And and as we also know, despite our own personal opinions of Man of Steel or Superman Returns, for that matter, to be fair, um, he's a very difficult character to pull off in live action. And the last time I think we had a Superman movie that was sort of embraced by the masses, all fans of li- alike in general audience was probably Superman 2. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. to be realistic. So that was in what, 1980? Mm-hmm. One? Yeah. So, so, um, Anyway, so hopefully that works, and then and then we can continue these conversations. But uh, I think the Flash having a reset on the timeline is a gift. So let's transition over to toxic fandom by way of this question, Travis. <laughs> this is such a you know this is where I think if there are any toxic fans who are going to be monitoring this show, they'll jump right to this point. Or hopefully, are you, are you hopefully not. I'm wearing the black Captain America hat as opposed to the white <laughs> Captain America hat. Yeah. So, uh, Travis, is there any chance whatsoever that maybe five years down the road, ten years down the road, that Snyder directs another DC movie? Ooh. I, you know what? You know, you and I have very different opinions on Zack Snyder. I am not a huge Zack Snyder fan. I feel like he has a lot of um, style over substance. Okay. That, that's always been my thing. I know he, he knows how to make a beautiful shot and create some beautiful shots, but I don't think he's very good with um, the character side of things. Um, and that's so that's been a miss for me. Yeah, that said, yeah. I don't see Zack Snyder coming back to this. I, I, I feel like he and DC have have gone their ways, especially after, you know, they, they let him do what he wanted to do with Justice League. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I, I just I just don't see that happening. That's, that's my personal opinion. What do you think, Rick? Yeah, I have to agree with that. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's a mixed bag for me. But, you know, the things I love, I love. But this is not even about my personal opinion or really respectfully anybody here. This just is about the reaction of audiences. And I don't see it. But what one thing has taught me in the um, the, 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 the Justice League Snyder cut getting released is that I don't predict these things anymore because that yeah. that happened the yeah. thing came out period it, i mean it doesn't matter how or why the circumstances are covid or hbo max or all the excuses for those of us that said it would not happen it happened and we were wrong period and so i i just don't know i don't see it but maybe with james gunn maybe that relationship and that dynamic is different and 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 and, and who knows but my guess is if they did it might be something for streaming yeah um, yeah especially if Rebel Moon works, but we'll, well see. Zack Snyder's first movie was written by James Gunn, so they do have a relationship yeah. as far as that goes, a working relationship. Mm-hmm. The question they- that I have, and, and let me get Freak's response to this first because I have something to say about this particular topic, and it's going to surprise you guys, but go ahead, Freak. Uh, uh, same question? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean maybe 10 years down the line, just like Rick said, because of Justice League happening, never say never in the movie business. But I think it's going to be because it would just open so many can of worms. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's even the I love Justice League, the the the, the Snyder extended cut, yeah. not the not 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 the Whedon version. But um, but, you know, the what happened because of that, that which we're getting getting ready to get into in this conversation. I wasn't a big fan of, mm-hmm. uh, and um, I just think that Gunn knows, you know, he's he's a fan too, just like you and I are, and he knows what can happen if that can of worms is open. You know, again, maybe ten years down the line, but I don't, no time soon. That short answer. No, no. In fact, I think there's a greater chance that Gunn will offer him a chance to direct 
then Snyder will actually accept. And the chance that Gunn will offer that, offer one of the future DCU projects to Zack Snyder, I think there's maybe a 1% chance of that. A 99% chance there's no way Snyder gets anywhere near another DC film. However, <laughs> I don't think Zack Snyder wants it. If I were Zack, yeah, if I were Zack Snyder or for that matter Henry Cavill, fuck DC, fuck Warner Brothers. They screwed over those guys so badly. And this is yeah. the IP aside, characters aside, James Gunn aside, all of that. Zack Snyder got screwed by Warner Brothers and to an extent DC, uh, depending on who's behind the scenes accounts you read. And at the same time, uh, so was Henry Cavill. The fact that Henry Cavill was getting ready to jump back in to that universe and to that climate, I don't know what he was thinking. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think I think that Dwayne Johnson, I think The Rock was the kind of the uh, puppet master of all that. Yeah, not to yeah. imply someone's a puppet. I shouldn't say that. That's the negative connotation of Henry Cavill. <laughs> but I, I do think that he was the person behind the scenes on that. And I think if Black yeah. Adam would have worked and resonated and been successful and and truly was set something up, we might have had a little bit different of an outcome. But once that fizzled out, I think they saw their opportunity to say, look, Cavill's, Cavill's great, I, 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 but we got to tell our own story and we got to start over, much like Matt Reeves did when yeah, he stepped yeah. in and the Affleck thing. And speaking of Affleck and directing, by the way, I, I think he's going to obviously direct a film for. Yeah, Gunn. and that that's been brought up again. Just re, I just read something today, like that Gunn's still really pushing for that. Like, and, and I think he's going to be actually part of the creative force. Is what Gunn, not just a director, but like be part of you know the planning, the architect. I think he used the word architecture, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. I think he did too. And what if he directs Batman? I mean, oh, I love it. Yeah. Right, he's a very passionate Batman fan. I mean, yeah, he, is, he really is, and he's a really good director. Like, give him that project. Um, that would be amazing. And then cast Henry Cavill as Bruce Wayne. <laughs> there you go. Oh man, <laughs> you know what? Anyway. I, I, that's something that I could potentially see happening. Although it's there's a very slim chance, but. I could see that going on um, because they haven't fully closed the door. None of the Trinity from the Snyderverse have closed the door on being in the new regime. Uh, they've never said, I'm done with DC. Cavill said, I'm done wearing the, the cape. They announced yesterday that Ben Affleck will not be Batman. Gal Gadot has kind of been somewhat unclear, but I think she's going to return at some point as Wonder Woman, at least from her public remarks. I don't know if that's actually going to come true or not. So here's the thing. If you're really pissed off at cable news and other very serious political analysts like Andrea Mitchell and Chuck Todd, here's an outstanding way to support independent political media, specifically this podcast. For just five bucks per month, you can support our Patreon page as we guide you through the madness and chaos of our politics. But it's not just about supporting shows like this one. You're also going to get bonus content as a reward for your monthly support. We're talking about exclusive access to our Shadow Docket show, recorded after the end credits on our Tuesday and Thursday shows. You also get access to the Patreon app where you can download the free show and our bonus content. Plus, you can join the discussion with our community of Patreon members in the comments under each episode. All that for just $5 per month, just pennies per show. So don't miss out. Again, that's bobseskashow.com. Bookmark it. Send it to all your friends. And we thank you in advance. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? 
Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Bob Seska. All-time favorites all day long. Here's where I am with all of this as far as toxic fandom. I And the gateway to this conversation is the uh, toxic Zack Snyder fans. Now, I love the Snyder movies. You guys all know this. But the toxic fans make me embarrassed to be out about it, so to speak. Every time I mention something about BVS, for example, the Ultimate Edition, which, by the way, I love. I have seen that movie probably more times than I've seen The Dark Knight. And I know that might sound apocryphal or whatever, but I feel like I always have to qualify my support by saying, yes, I love this movie, but those fans, man, <laughs> they need to stop whatever it is they're doing. But it's necessary since I don't want to be linked to those assholes. You know what I mean? Travis, is there a reluctance to participate in the discourse because of toxic fans? Do you ever hesitate to weigh in on a discussion board or on social media because you don't want to you know, run face first into that red hot plasma stream of awfulness? You know, I, we've talked about this in the past. When I talk about any of these properties, even when it's something that I have an issue with or a problem with, I try to find the bright spot in it and I try to find the positive and what I like about it. And I can yeah. I can articulate the things that I have a problem with, but I try to find those bright spots and those positives. So I, I, I don't run into that. I tend to not get into arguments on Twitter. I know it's shocking. <laughs> but I mean, even just stuff. expressing an opinion, like saying, oh, I loved, or you know what, for that matter, oh, I hated Black Adam. Like to say something like that would give me pause because I don't want to spend the next 24 hours as <laughs> I'm constantly seeing Rick doing, uh, having to swat down every troll that pops up in the mentions. And, and part of my, part of my thing, and Travis, I think you can relate to this. Part of my thing is I'm doing that every day anyway, when it comes to politics. In and politics, so I'm doing, yeah. it's like, do I really want to take this one thing that I love, that I feel a personal connection to as far as something that's not serious, something that doesn't, this is not going to end the world. This is not like debating the climate crisis. This is comic book movies and it should be a fun conversation. It should be a safer place to express your opinion. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It should be the escape of all that. Yes, yeah. exactly not, right. Yeah. Not not as toxic or in my case, a lot of times even more toxic than that. Well, that's uh, one of the things that I've been noticing between those two very separate and distinct universes is a lot of crossover as far as what people are saying. And I don't know if you've seen this, Rick, but I have this theory that there are overseas troll farms 
who, in addition to worming their way into the political discourse, have also wormed their way into the comic book movie discourse. Have you noticed anything that might lead you to believe that that's going on? I don't know. I I don't know about that. I'd have to give that some more thought than uh, than your time your show would allow me to do right now. Uh, my wheels are turning. But what I will say is that there's a there's a direct correlation of politics and trolling, and um and it's rather direct. For instance, with uh, and I'll bring up Star Wars, my favorite franchise, with, with the shittiest fans on the planet, at least online. <laughs> yes, seconded. Um, the, on, the yeah the online faction of fandom on Star, Star Wars is atrocious. Mm-hmm. And if you go and, and and read, for instance, the uh, reviews of The Last Jedi on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience score, uh, there's some good faith reviews that just didn't like the direction of Luke and et cetera. And those are great conversations to have and fun debates and whatnot. But when you see hundreds and hundreds of half star reviews talking about, you know, feminism and and feminist agendas Woke and wokeness, politics, yeah. right? You're going to oh fuck, man. This is all mm. MAGA nonsense. That's all this is. Yeah. And so, right, there is a direct. And every time I've had someone say something like that, you know, she's a Mary Sue Ray. I'm like, I'll just go over to their feed. I'm like, eh, and they're a Trump supporter, right? Just yeah. like clockwork. Yeah. Like Mary Sue is like the the shibboleth. Every time, as soon as you see every that, time. that's when you know to block. <laughs> so that and that's what's happened here. I'm afraid, especially online, is it's blurred. Yeah. That politics is now taken over. It took over the NFL because of Trump. It's all in football and sports, and now it's in third grade and. Oh my God! You can't. We can't get away from it. And fandom has really uh, become toxic, and I think it's really driven by politics, unfortunately. So, Travis, have you seen anything along the lines of uh, what I was talking about with regard to possibly Russia, other bad actors putting together troll farms, hiring troll farms to uh, further sow discord among uh, Americans, even at the pop culture level? I think that that is a very distinct possibility. I don't know if you've seen any hardcore reporting about that. Have you? I've never seen any hardcore reporting about that. But when you say that, that that's always one of the things I remember Malcolm Nance talking about was the way that the the, the troll farms work their way into your life and your feeds and stuff like that. Yeah. Is like they post a cat video. Oh, look, cute cat video. I'm going to follow this person. Or it could be something like this where like there could be somebody posting something like, hey, this will trigger them. Yeah. Let's you know, talk about why Batman's better than Superman because Superman's weak and Batman's like the like the the Dark Knight because like there's a huge mega following about around um oh uh, the Dark Knight yeah and the whole the Joker and the chaos thing that was going on there <laughs> that's that's like one of their big things they latch on to so I could see like uh, uh, if they wanted to you know capture a, an audience's interest but but I don't as far as like actual concrete reporting of that I've not seen it I mean I do know there was a guy dressed in a flash costume on January 6th yeah it's which made me upset oh yeah and it's it's really difficult to separate the concept of online trolls which absolutely exists and who will always exist versus someone or a group of someone's who are paid to infiltrate a certain arena in this case comic book movies star wars etc and so it's important to draw that distinction and to realize that, as I said, there are always going to be trolls. This is something that we're always going to have to contend with. So just just one more thought in that, too. Yeah. is something we see, like, when we're talking about politics, is that so much of what we are seeing in social media and Twitter represents such a small fraction of that audience, let alone the actual general public. Mm-hmm. The problem is that they are the loudest 
and they kind of get the most attention. And that could be the same thing that we're seeing with the internet trolls, whether it's, you know, talking about Star Wars or, you know, getting the Flash enters the Speed Force to be the best Oscar moment <laughs> decided by fans a couple of years ago. <laughs> Which is insane. Yeah. It's, it, but, but, but you, you know, it's, it's like this small vocal voice and you have like this kind of like oversized power when you're in a social media world that you wouldn't have in the real world either. And so it is people, it's easy for people to push their agendas, whether they're trolling or not. So freak, you're often kind of crossing the streams between music internet and pop culture, comic book movie internet, where for example, on your most recent Twitch performance, you started out talking about the DCU rollout do you ever run into issues because of that where toxic fans will be like uh, either stay in your lane, freak base, or the fact that you're primarily in the world of online music, does that draw toxic fans to you? Just, oh, there's that, I saw that guy, he's on Twitch and he, you know, he said he likes Snyder, so we gotta go and swarm him or whatever. Are you noticing any repercussions of that Venn diagram overlap between those two universes? Well, to kind of go back to what you talked about, about the, the possible trolling thing, I found an interesting, I was mentioning earlier about that tweet, I'd, I'd uh, uh, the Alex Ross thing that, that James Gunn liked, and it started getting, you know, a lot of attention online. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Um, so, you know, most of this stuff was positive overall, but there were a couple of like, like right off the bat, like what, right when it really started kind of gaining traction, um, somebody i can't remember what they said but it was like something like no way man or like this is stupid just something really stupid and then of course i went to that person's feed and it's like twitter account opened uh J january uh 10th 2023 you know yeah, yeah. and uh so that had to make you want you know with zero followers and mm -hmm. stuff like that so it, that that definitely made you wonder stuff like that the the three most powerful letters i've found out when i'm ever i'm talking about superhero related stuff is no matter what I say is if I put I M O after whatever my, uh, you know, in my own opinion, um, that definitely seems to kind of shield you a little bit in terms of, uh, as opposed to making a definitive statement, which is like, if you always like, you know, quantify it with, in my opinion, it seems to quite help as well. But, um, but, you know, you know how I look. My 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 skin is pretty damn thick. So it's like, I don't like all those, those, I get it more for, you know, the music side, I've got it so many years because of the music side of stuff. So uh, yeah, yeah. the, the, the Snyder people, but I, I have a quick question for you, Bob and, sure. and everybody, Travis and Rick, why, what is it in the Snyder movies or Snyder himself? I, it might be hard to put in a, in a simple sentence, but why do you think he makes those people that like what is it about because i love snyder too i'm with you bob too i've probably seen bvs the ultimate cut more than the dark knight too i love that movie so yeah, much yeah. and um what but but i'm thinking like why is it what is it that that triggers these people to act i mean what is it like is there something that i'm not seeing that you know like subliminal messages or something like what is it yeah. that like what, what do you think that why is why are they that way does anybody have a theory on that that's a really good question freak and and my just real quick my theory on that you know and i'm thinking about it now i think it has to do with possibly Zack snyder being perceived as kind of an underdog as someone who is being unfairly uh, rejected by the mainstream and there's this 
demographic that circulates around Zack Snyder of, of people who feel like they're in some way disenfranchised. And that's usually the starting point for toxic fandom across the board. It's usually, yeah. you know, as Tom Nichols refers to it, sort of the angry young man attitude where I think there's a certain demographic of maybe 20, 30-something-year-old men who feel as though they're no longer part of the mainstream and who, you know, kind of circulate around Zack Snyder as being the avatar of that. Oh, yes, well, he's not part of the mainstream either, so... That's the guy I support. And you know what? Genuinely, they love the movies, too. I mean, I don't think well, they're sure, pretending course, to love the films. Um, and then that evolves into this fan campaign to get the Snyder Cut released. There was a lot of good that came out of that for suicide yeah. prevention. A ton of money. What was it? Half a million dollars raised for suicide right. prevention? And I thought that was great. And then because of the pandemic and the what I thought was a great idea to release the Snyder Cut on HBO Max, uh, a movie that you know, obviously gets a little flawed at the very end, but for the most part is a wonderful superhero movie, um, that comes out and I think that empowered a lot of these fans to ask yeah. for more and then to become radicalized about it. Well, you know, we did, we, we, you know, we topped out at eight on the scale. Well, let's go to 11 with this next thing. We got the Snyder cut. Now let's go for the Snyderverse, And we have to push even harder for that if we want to get that. And then that snowballs. It, it, does that seem like a, a fair analysis, Travis? I would also throw in there, you know, like if you go back to like the beginning where we where most people were kind of introduced to Zack Snyder was the movie 300. Mm -hmm. And that was that like hyper masculinized. And that was also the thing that um, I feel like a lot of you go back if we're going back into the politics thing of this and, and trolls in general. You know, that was something that a lot of people launched onto is like, oh, fighting the, you know, the overlord, fighting the, the yeah. you know, the regime that's <laughs> trying to control us. And you've seen that theme kind of like go through so much of the right. And I mean, like people like they, they refer to themselves as like Spartans on the right. I mean, that's so yeah. I feel like that he kind of built in that audience when you you're talking about 20 or 30 year old guys, you know, who feel like society has left them. Think about the guys when when 300 came out, that was like how many years ago, 15, 20 years ago now? Yeah. Oh yeah! My yeah. gosh, probably those guys at least, those at least guys fifteen disen mm -hmm. disenfranchised at the time, and now those guys are like in their forties, if not older. So if you know, so I, I wonder if like part of it was they like they latched onto Zach at that point, and then like the powers that be, you're like, yo, you're not woke enough, or you're not doing it right, and we're gonna take you out of this. You know, the, the there was kind of like a, a backlash against him, and they they stood up for him mm. because they they felt like he was like the symbol of the like the common man fighting against the bigger powers. I want to go to you next, Rick, but I, I just want to add, too, that I think there's something to be said, and I've observed this with politics as well, I think we all have, where because of social media platforms, we're often driven by the need to save face. No one wants to be proven wrong. So if you latch your name to, let's say, Batman v Superman, and that's your thing. You never want to back down off of that because you don't want to be ridiculed for having to waffle or flip-flop or whatever the attacks may be. And so you cling on to that as being almost part of your social media branding. And I think that may also drive a lot of this. What do you think, Rick? Uh, yes, I agree with that. And I would say, and I hope this isn't piss anybody off here on this <laughs> that's listening part 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 of the problem also was Zack Snyder himself with all due respect as an artist he's amazing I like Zack Snyder 
We've had uh, in my old outlet on BOF, we had some interactions with him. I know. Um, anyway, there was there's some little bit of history there, and he's he seems like a genuinely cool guy. But he didn't do fandom any favors. He, he there's so many times he had opportunities that he could have squashed this, whether it was the Reef Fisher stuff, which or whatever. I don't want to get into all of it, but it, it made it all that much more tribal. Like they were fighting for this guy, and yeah. I, I forget who said it. Um, but it was phrased perfectly already on the show. And that's that's what it, it was a sense of place. It was a sense of purpose. And it became this war cry. And right now there's these factions of fans that don't even treat these characters like they have this legacy and this history. It's all mm-hmm. about Zack Snyder. It's like, guys, he didn't create these characters. They yeah. were around long before his movies. And they'll be around a, 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 you know long after he's gone. And it's okay to love these films. It's okay to be bummed that they're not continuing, but this behavior is weird. It's weird. It's fucking weird. Like, come on, chill out. And let's, let's just enjoy and, and and love these characters because you know what? Zack Snyder loves these characters. And I guarantee you, he's going to see these films. He saw Matt Reeves, Batman. He was very, uh, I'll give him credit. He was very supportive of that on Twitter. I'd like to have seen a lot more of that from him. And, and you know what else? Um, I think, too, there's a distinction to be made between a fan campaign to have more of something and then also a fan campaign to destroy someone who's against that thing that you want. Right, right, right. And that's where I think the Snyder movement goes way off the rails. Certainly, at some point in the past, I've tweeted out the hashtag, release the Snyder Cut. But it's one thing to support more Zack Snyder DC movies, and another thing entirely, to swarm into Wolfgang Novogratz's Instagram and try to destroy this kid who's just throwing his hat into the ring for the possibility of maybe playing the new Superman. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the inciting incident that drove me to wanting to talk about this with you guys today. And that is this situation with Wolfgang Novogratz, who I, I think I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. I'd never heard of him before, but he had to shut down his Instagram because these toxic fans were so menacing that he just, he couldn't deal with it anymore. And it became, it it just completely gummed up the works of one of these social media platforms for him. And so that's where it gets ugly and awful. And that's the sort of thing that uh, concerns me and makes me wonder, is there anything we do about this? And that's, I think the next question is, what if anything can be done about Toxic Phantom Online? It's not like, we can start a campaign to get people banned. I don't think that's necessary. It seems like the old method of just laughing at them, pointing at them, and then blocking them is the only real way to handle the assholes. Travis, you deal in the political world, obviously, more than any of us, maybe. Is laughing, pointing, blocking an effective anti-troll tactic in your estimation? You know what? I tend to ignore trolls. I don't feed them. Yeah, and that's kind of the idea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just I'm I'm just I am not a fan of feeding trolls, and um, I you know I've had um one experience where Dana Loesch came at me on Twitter, and like it was <laughs> oh, like wow. oh this is what it feels like yeah, and so I'm and I'm, she I'm brought she brought all of her she brought all of her minion with her right it wasn't just Dana yeah, it's like Loesch a, it's a it was down ratio situation yeah, yeah exactly so I, I I I tend to like avoid that especially when it comes to like my comic books and stuff I when it comes to comics and these movies and stuff like that i'd rather spend it 
you know, with people like you, Bob, where I can actually, you know, we can debate whether we liked a movie or not, or what mm-hmm. was problematic or what was what worked or what didn't work about it. But it, I, at the end of the day, there's still this like acceptance between us that like, we both love these properties. And the reason we're having this conversation is because we care about it. Yeah. And yeah. it's not that we're not trying to destroy one point of view or one, you know, franchise. Because I think at the end of the day, we all, all four of us sitting here probably want to have the best versions of these characters on screen telling the best versions of these stories that we love. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, I think most of us are coming from a constructive place as opposed to like th- these trolls who are like burn everything down except for what I say is canon or right or my, you know, my Superman or my Batman. Rick, this seems like more of a, a personal approach to solving this problem than some sort of systemic thing. Like, as I said, I don't know that, for example, whatever it is, whatever platform, like Instagram should suddenly start to ban toxic fans unless they've issued death threats or something like that. Obviously, if they've crossed the line into violating terms of service, then you're talking about something else. But just being an asshole on social media, that's fine. So what do you do personally then to kind of filter that out? Do you just see it happen and maybe comment once in a while, or do you just summarily block all of them? I mean, I'm just, I'm in that mode where I'm just blocking them. Well, I, I used to really roll up my sleeves and get in the mud with them. <laughs> you used then, to, you, I think you no, still it, do. <laughs> well, let me, I'm going to make a distinction. I used to really truly fight with them and it would be, you know, and I was like, what, what am I doing now? I just kind of fuck with them a little bit. Yeah, I'm just yeah. having fun. Like okay. I'm never actually angry anymore. They don't, I, don't, I let them not make me angry. So some guy came at me yesterday. He went to my IMDb. He's like, oh, you were in a bunch of dog movies 10 years ago. And, you know, he's, <laughs> he's ragging me. And I'm like, and I laughed, you know, I'm like, I shared his tweet. And I'm like, you know, it's good to be loved on this app. I mean, to me, it's more like that kind of stuff. Or somebody says something like, hey, do all four of your followers agree with that? Yeah. It's just more being a smart ass. And it's just kind of cathartic. Mm-hmm. So it is a very, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's different for me than really, truly getting in the mud with them. However, to Travis's point, it's probably not probably it's a good idea to not even do that. Like just ignoring them is the only way. And one of the things I think I, I, I don't think it's ever going to go away. It's a permanent part of our future, especially because because of the yeah. the, uh, the overlapping of politics in this. But I do also think it's a little bit of a generational thing. I think we're mm-hmm. going to get to a point where some of these people get weeded out. And, the you know, at some point, Star Wars is going to have been around longer with with you know diverse cast and 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 females and african americans and asian americans or whatever and that's just the universe because it's 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 looking like the real world that we live in and people are just going to have to get used to it because that's just the way it is and if that's a problem for you that's a major fucking personal problem that it goes way beyond star Wars, right? Yeah. You're racist, you're sexist, you're homophobic, whatever it may be. You're not a very good person, get help. But uh, that's my hope is that this, this sort of just weeds out in the next few years as yeah. these people die off I don't know, or just give up, mm-hmm. but, but we'll see. But in the meantime, we need to ignore the trolls and even just having a little fun with them is probably uh, making it worse. See, so. my my problem is that I get easily baited by people who are wrong on the internet. You know that comic strip that goes around about the guy who's not coming to bed because someone's wrong on the internet? That's me. <laughs> I, I can't. And, and the reason I block and mute and remove followers on Twitter is not just to 
in my own weird way, punish them. It's to protect myself because I know that I'm going to get drawn in because it's compulsive for me. I have to engage with someone who I believe is wrong. And that only gets me in trouble. And so that's kind of my approach. How do you deal with that stuff, Freak? I know you seem like much more of a lover, not a fighter kind of guy. I'm glad you asked him this because if I just may, he's one of the nicest people on the planet. I know, yes. In person. Well, we haven't met in person, but close enough. (laughs) And on on Twitter. So I can't wait to hear this response because you were the coolest, man. I know. You don't let them fuck with you at all. It's crazy. No, and I, I think definitely probably more in the Travis camp where, I mean, it, it, I've learned just to not even pay attention to trolls or uh, – and when I say something, you know, especially – now, Bob, I, I'm not a political commentator, so, I mean, obviously you guys know how, how I am politically. You can know which, which, where my, which way I lean, but, but at the same time, I when I do – speak politics or anything controversial whether it be superhero movies or politics real real life things like politics i definitely pick and choose where i do it now than i like even a couple years ago i used to be a lot more reactionary to like every tweet i saw i felt like i had to well let me tell you how i feel let me tell you how i feel and i don't do and and i don't do that anymore because the times that i do actually say that one is is something very very important and it kind of has a little bit more weight for me when i do it because you know i'm just the crazy musician guy so um i kind of always have that as my like like shield or force field is the fact that you know us crazy musicians are allowed to be weird and crazy and all that kind of stuff. So, um, and anything you say to me is not going to probably bother me anyway. Um, so I think that's kind of how it, how it works. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I hope that answered your question. Okay. One last break back with more of the toxic phantom Roundtable right after these words. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bob Seska plays more music. I think the way this all got started, and obviously this is up for debate, Gamergate was kind of a catalyst for the angry young man merging from politics into the world of pop culture, and in that case, uh, video games. I think the attacks on the Star Wars prequels got this started online. And I'm talking specifically about (laughs) Star Wars fans just being relentless against Jake Lloyd and Ahmed Best. Now, mm. full disclosure, I participated in some of the Jar Jar bashing back in the early 2000s. Uh, but I've always regretted it. And I think the way fans destroyed both Jake Lloyd, who played young Anakin Skywalker in The Phantom Menace, and Ahmed Best, who played Jar Jar, 
has been just utterly horrible. I mean, to the point where they have both been extraordinarily hesitant to even show their faces in public. I know Jake Lloyd has had substance abuse problems. Um, what is it about Star Wars, Travis, that gets people to this point where they feel like they need to destroy someone who was in a Star Wars movie? See, I don't personally, I don't know what it is that drives people to want to like take it out on the actual actors or something like that in these movies because they're not responsible for that. They're there to yeah. play a part. And I think the fact that these people are forgetting that is, is, you know, just shows the ignorance of, of them as people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, yeah, I mean, I, I think Anakin was too twee in like the original Star Wars. Yeah, it was, or not the original Star Wars, but in, in the first, Fat, Menace, movie. yeah. yeah. Yeah, it just it was too much. It was just like this. I was just like kind of like I was rolling my eyes at it, you know, too much. And yeah, Jar Jar was a little annoying. <laughs> yeah, but, a, a lot annoying. Gonna... Let's be honest. He was not a good yeah. character, not a good choice for George Lucas. But yeah. But I didn't but I didn't take it out personally on two people who were doing a job who got a gig. Right. You know, that's and I, I and I try to avoid that whenever possible when I'm looking at these projects, unless the person just ends up being a miserable asshole like Gina Carano mm. or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, or, or you know, like everyone's out for Zachary Levi this week because he came out kind of with some weird tweets about vaccines earlier this week. And it's like, <laughs> oh, not good timing before Shazam too. <laughs> I know, Rick. But like, but that's but the, but that's personal yeah. about the actor, and and I'm not going to take that with me if I choose to go see Shazam too. I don't, you know, I don't know if I'm going to go see that or not, or if I'll just, you know, hedge my bets and wait for it to show up on HBO max. Yeah. I'll probably watch it when it comes out on HBO max for sure. And that's only because of COVID. I'm still one of those guys who's not going to movie theaters yet, but yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, but, uh, but I don't, I don't, as far as like making fun, as far as these people's like careers and lives being ruined over this, I think that is just, that's like, that's not, we don't need to be treating people like that period. Yeah, yeah, correct. Support and, yes, and, and it's it's one thing to not like you know the Phantom Menace. It's another thing to take it out on a kid who was cast in a part that wasn't very well written and a guy who was playing a character that was obviously flawed in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? But like, but strangely, like, so like with Daisy Ridley or um or um Rose in in um uh yeah Kelly Marie Tran yeah 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 those those examples though it's like that's. I think that's just like toxic masculinity and stuff. And like, Oh, yep. why you have to have a girl in it? Oh, why, Oh, why, why are you doing this? And it's get over it. Absolutely. Rick, and you're as big a star Wars guy as I am. What is it about star Wars that brings out the absolute worst in people, uh, especially online? I, I think it's twofold. I think if we go back to the prequels, which by the way, on a side note, those films are now seen as beloved, and I think that's great. I'm, I've always mm-hmm. been uh, a defender, and I and I love the Obi Wan series that ties in both trilogies and all that. But at the time, those were really divisive films, yeah. and it and it chased George Lucas the fuck out of the franchise after Clone Wars. He was done. Yeah, you know he 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 went off and did that. Then he he's, I'm I'm out. I'm not going to make any more films. And um, I think for that period, I think it was more about you know Star Wars the original trilogy was such a part of people's childhood it was in their dna and they had these expectations and they were wildly skewed i mean i watched the phantom menace as a 23 24 year old mm-hmm. and i remember going what the fuck am i watching in the theater <laughs> going this isn't star wars you know now uh, I, I i appreciate it now years later so i think that was more about just the passion for the franchise and people not knowing how to respond and acting like idiots i think in the disney uh 
era of Lucasfilm, I think that it's more about politics. I think it's more yeah. about having strong women characters. In fact, I know it is because that's the fucking complaints that they're getting. And they're chasing people like Rose off of Instagram because she's she's ethnic. They're chasing Daisy. They don't like Daisy Ridley because she's a strong female character, despite the fact that Luke was a strong male character, whatever. We could go on and on and on and on and wokeness and feminist agendas. It's all all of it is. And yeah. it's unfortunate because as those films were coming out was also simultaneously the rise of Trump. Mm -hmm. And you think about, I mean, from a political standpoint, really truly is when he was announcing in 2014, 15, when you really knew he was going to run is when the force awakens came out. And I think there's a parallel there that is undeniable. That may have been one of the sparks that drove that kind of campaign, because then you combine that and look at uh, the Mandalorian, for example, where the finale of season two was the most recent episode of the Mandalorian. You have, what is it? Three or four very strong women characters and a Latino lead and a puppet right. <laughs> leading the way, plus a black villain. And it unified all of Star Wars fandom. It was kind of an amazing thing. You didn't see a whole lot of that, oh, just Star Wars is being woke. Oh, woke Disney. It's such bullshit. It just never happened. For some reason, The Mandalorian is impervious to that. Freak, just to repeat what uh, I asked Rick, what is it about Star Wars that drives this? And then we'll wrap up after that. I mean, I, I don't know if I could say it better than Rick Rick does. I mean, it, just because it's so... Star Wars is the one franchise, even above the superhero stuff, where, you know, my 10-year-old daughter knows who Darth Vader is. You know, <laughs> yeah. how, does that, how, does, how does that happen? You know, it, it's, it's crossed so many generations. It's, it's, it's part of almost our, our... You know, it's almost as, as American as Santa Claus is. You know, Darth Vader, you know, is, is up there with Santa Claus. And um, <laughs> so... I think people have just such strong opinions on what it should be. And if it doesn't fit within their, you know, it's funny because the, the Trump people think that they are the rebels, not the empire. And, we, and everybody, you know what I mean? Everybody sees it. No, like, I have a cousin. Yeah, no, I was going to, I wanted to, I wanted to piggyback on that. I was going to point that out. Everyone sees themselves as like the rebels, even like in right. the Hunger Games, people saw themselves as like, oh, the capital is where all the Democrats live. And the Democrats are like, oh, the capital is where all the Republicans live. <laughs> right, right, right. For sure. <laughs> all God. of these things, we imprint ourselves onto the underdog in the story. Mm. Yeah. And um, sorry, go go ahead. I just no, no, no. I mean, that's exactly it. Completely. So it's like because of that, I think, you know, if it doesn't fit within that 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 agenda that's in their head, that's that that's really because, you know, Star Wars is pretty, you know, the superhero movies aren't really political, you know, where Star Wars is pretty political, no matter yeah. how you break it down. And I mean, Andor really was, you yep. know, yep. and um so, yeah, so that just, you know, it triggers folks. You know what I mean? It's a yeah. triggering mechanism. I think it has a lot to do with just throwing my own generation under a bus. I think Gen Xers are kind of ground zero for a lot of this. We have this fondness for uh, Star Wars because it was that formative movie. It was that first movie that we saw that blew us away. And we fell in love with it. And that's become kind of a touchstone where it's not just about, it's just not another saga. It's part of our lives. It's part of our childhood. And I think yeah. to that extent, 
we take it maybe more seriously than we should, at least some of us. Obviously, I'm speaking in generalities. So in that regard, it's part of our history, and therefore uh, we feel as though we can attack it if we have to. I mean, I remember being in college in the late 80s, early 90s, and my friends and I, who all love Star Wars, would just relentlessly make fun of Star Wars. Not because we hated it, but just because it was such a part of our lives that we felt that we could. We felt we had the privilege to be able to make fun of it because we so enjoyed it and we so ensconced ourselves in the merchandising and all the rest of it. So I think Gen X has a lot of responsibility for this entire problem of toxic fandom. And obviously it's not exclusive to Gen X, but I think we may have been the progenitors of it. And I, that's maybe something we need to that? reflect on, yeah. Yeah, throw something on that for you, Bob. It's like also like, because Star Wars came out, it's like something I feel like our generation definitely feels like we have an ownership of mm-hmm. because this is all in our lifetime. Like Batman and Superman, they've been around for like 85 years. Yes. There's a lot of history and there's been different versions of them over the years, but there's like one definitive Star Wars that we're all kind of stuck with now. It hasn't, they haven't rebooted the franchise completely. They have, it's like, it's all been continuous really when you think about it. Mm -hmm. And we all started at the same point adopting this as kids. And then as we've grown up, you know, our personal viewpoints, our politics and everything have kind of driven us in different directions and into these camps. And to your point, like you're saying, when the, um, the most recent trilogy came out, that was at a time where we were like really fractured as a society. And like, for maybe someone like you and me, Bob, we're like, yeah, this is cool. Like, yeah, of course, Daisy, we can have Ray, we can have a female protagonist in this. Right. And somebody who grew up on this and have has ownership of it since they were kids, like, no, how could you do this? This is always a boy's franchise. And this is a boy's toy thing. <laughs> and how dare you, you know, inject your feminist agenda into this. Right. So I wonder if that's part of what it is, is that we feel like we have this ownership and the definitive version of it from our childhood. Yeah, well, and, and, and that's true. And when Bob talked about the Mandalorian, I think the Mandalorian, even even though it's in the same timeline was a kind of skewed off standalone story. So people weren't as nitpicky about it. Whereas the episodic Skywalker saga stuff is just mm. that much more personal. Yeah. And when you have, you know, that's, I think there's a lot of that and stuff like Andor and Obi-Wan when they bitch about that stuff and they say, well, yeah, but look at the empire. It's the same timeline as a new hope. And suddenly there's black people that are in the empire. They were all white people in the original film. And you're just staring at them going, Man, if this is the shit that keeps you up at night, <laughs> yeah. I, you need to you need to drink more, not less. I don't know. What to tell you. And and get some good edibles and yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, my God. Well, <laughs> on that note, that's a good, great place to end. Uh, thank you so much, guys. I think it's always a beneficial thing to present a more positive take, a more positive, optimistic outlook when it comes to these things that we love so much. So uh, Travis Bone, of course, is from The Stephanie Miller Show, stephaniemiller.com. Also, The Real T-Bone on Twitter. Rick Shue is from the brand new Friends From Work podcast. You can subscribe and listen at youtube.com slash friendsfromworkpod. I got links in the description for all this stuff, by the way. And of course, Freakbase, the great Freakbase. You can follow him on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Freakbase. What is it, Every Day Freak? You're on there every day? It feels like that anymore. I live, my life is living online anymore. <laughs> right, me too. All right, and of course, uh, on social media, at Freakbase. Okay, guys, thank you so much, and thank you for staying extra late today. I can't thank you enough for this. Uh, thank you, Mom. All right, take it easy. See you next time. On a cold and dreary night, I follow you to this fortress. I search for you, but you're not inside.
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.